Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides and all that planning. Travel department, let's see more. No Costa Coffee in Digbeth. A journalist has retired. He was the foot in the door, find out what they don't want you to know type. An investigative journalist and TV anchorman. He exposed wrongdoings by politicians who claimed no one told them about such and such a scandal. His retirement was treated as a news item itself. Camera crews and journalists were in Birmingham getting people's opinions about him. Some liked his bright socks and ties. Mostly they liked his reports. Wrongdoings in politics, cover-ups and most distressingly institutions hiding failings. Police wrongdoings exposed. Infamous Birmingham miscarriage of justice exposed. The interviews took place outside Waterstone's bookshop. Shopping continued in New Street that was almost identical to any other city centre, another anywhere city centre of chain stores who can afford the sky-high rent. Behind the cameras stood the fierce bronze bull statue at the entrance to the bullring of more chain stores and chains of coffee shops Costas and Nero's galore, coffee and chat to offload the burdens in Costa Coffee. The Bullring Shopping Centre. They market these places as shopping experiences. It gives way to an open-air fruit and veg market. Plums a pound, he shouts, get your plums for a pound. He shouts and serves all day long like his father before him. Like Molly Malone, she was a fishmonger and sure t'was no wonder for so were her mother and father before. Even though the market is a few breaths from the shiny high-end high street stores, it is essentially semi-detached. These camera crews are seldom seen in the market. Unlike the frequent TV countrywide type programmes catching the ambience of farmers markets in country towns. This fruit and veg market is the gateway to Digbeth. If the market feels semi-detached then Digbeth is entirely detached. <laughs> no cost of coffee here. No Café Nero. Nothing that says this is the second city. Not even a supermarket. They're occasional shop, yeah. Plenty of pubs. Everything on the market starts very early in the morning. Well, at night, in fact. So, by morning, the stall holders and barrow boys are ready for their lunch. There has to be a special early hours pub licence. Eight in the morning and the market pub is busy this Sunday morning. Pints for some, lunch for others and three men 
on their way to a match. They order bacon and sausage rolls with tea to fortify them on their journey to the Liam McCarthy Cup, the hurling All-Ireland in Dublin, between Kilkenny and Limerick. Maybe it's here among the stallholders and the hurling enthusiasts that the great journalists would have been getting the news of the day. No, that was his style. Sausage and bacon rolls finished and a short walk to the coach station in Ray Street, Digbeth. When the convention centre was developed, they opened up the dormant canal system, now a leisure and tourist attraction. Here in Digbeth, the River Ray is culverted and hidden. No sign yet of redevelopment. Post-war redevelopment. Yes. Coach to the airport is just 30 minutes in comfort and they are delivered to the front door. Within half an hour they have checked in and are waiting to depart. Another cup of tea. This time at Frankie and Benny's. Always at Frankie and Benny's. They like the routine. All three are creatures of habit. Reassuring, familiar surrounds. And in the market pub, or here at the airport, and in the air, there's only one topic of conversation, that is, the match. The chat ranges from today's game to the changing style of play and the state of the game of hurling. The Kilkenny man, called Cal or Callan after the Kilkenny town, uh, gave his up-to-date insight into the team's managerial style. While on holidays home, he joined crowds of others watching the team training. Arden, from Galway, named after the Arden Islands, asked if it was true that the manager just got the captain and the vice-captain to pick two teams and they just played a game. Oh, not only that, answered Cal. The manager himself was the referee and he seldom blew the whistle. Playing to win was training enough. Dublin Airport, after a short flight. The airport concourse has large-scale TV screens. You can't miss them. There is one story on the TV which is echoed in all the newspapers. A report of the scandal of the discovery of a mass children's grave at Chewham Mother and Baby Home in the grounds of the convent. All three, just off the flight, knew someone in Birmingham who had been in this institution. Ah, they knew him well. They know his story. They hailed a taxi to take them to the Skylon Hotel. A taxi man wanted to know their prediction for the big game. They naturally stuck to party lines and their predictions. Cal was very confident about Kilkenny. Leader, a Limerick man, called leader after the newspaper, the Limerick leader, was equally confident about Limerick. Aaron wasn't sure, as he didn't have any skin in the game, in the same way as his companions. They thought the Skyland Hotel was a better bet than some of the other hotels nearer Crow Park. They used to go to a well-known one, but felt it was too popular, too busy. 
sometimes you couldn't hear your own conversation in a very busy, noisy pub on match day. Time for lunch, and they were joined by a fourth. Aaron had invited him. Lovely, he was from Lovely Leitrim, was a house builder, and this was a business lunch with Aaron. He was building a house for Aaron and Sheila. Aaron and Sheila both arrived in Birmingham in the 1970s. She was from Sligo, training to be a nurse in Dudley Road Hospital. They married, had a family, and worked hard seeing the family all settled, now with families of their own who brought them endless joy. Sheila and Aaron dreamed of a family home in either Sligo or Galway. Well, Sligo won. They began their project with Lovely, the local Leithram builder. The deal was that Aaron would pay cash, which Lovely would collect on days like today, between the leg of lamb and the apple crumble. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie. Doro, make friends with innovation. I pay for the house when I have the money. Oh, he made sure he had it. There was nothing casual about this casual-sounding comment. Time to order. One had steak well done, another leg of lamb, the third roast beef, while Lovely had bacon and cabbage. Progress with the house was good. They were delighted with the location off the Ballantor to Ballygawley Road, tucked away in Kilross near Suey, just beside Sheila's home place. Aaron and Angela had stayed here every year and in recent years at a local golf and wellness hotel. He enjoyed the golf and she liked the comfort. Ah, but they both longed for a place of their own. Aaron had operated JCB diggers for years in and around Birmingham. He was mainly contracted for Pipe Lane for Highways England. Highways England would award the overall contracts to the big bidding firms like Murphy. Murphy then subcontracted to smaller civil engineering firms who gave some of the work to Aaron. On the weekends, he worked freelance doing nixers or foreigners for farmers, usually draining land or carrying aggregate to mend farm lanes weathered by modern machinery. That's far too heavy for the lanes. He would jokingly say he was the highways and byways man. This weekend farm work was the Suey house money. And he knew Lovely would appreciate cash, especially sterling, which he would find useful in Enniskillen builders' merchants. When asked why he wouldn't just think of getting a loan from a bank to pay it off over a number of years, he responded with expletives about those cowboys who ruined the country with easy money. To illustrate, 
He talked of young couples who were encouraged to borrow for a new house, a wedding, a new car and a holiday. A have it all and have it now. Don't worry about a thing attitude. Now he thought this was reckless and worried about his own family falling into debt and maybe getting behind with payments. Now Sheila was equally cautious about excessive or unnecessary borrowing. Oh, she said her father would often talk of the bank in Colooney, saying ruefully that he paid for lots of the bricks and the windows. He would even point them out. But he didn't own one of them, not one brick, after years of repayment. Time for dessert. They have apple and rhubarb crumble dish. Then the bill and a hurry up feeling. They said the goodbyes to Lovely and he prepared to drive back home to Leitrim. He and Aaron agreed to keep in touch. The desk orders a cab for them and as they got in, the car news is on. It's Chum, mother and baby home again. They all thought of Ackle back in Birmingham. He had been in this Chum home as a child. Cab driver turns the radio off when asked to. They catch the tail end of the minor match between Galway and Cork. And between the minor and senior match, they analyse how the game is changing. They believe there's a decline in the influence of midfielders, bypassed by half-backs and half-forwards. They appreciate the speed and conditioning of the players. Or the consensus is they are elite athletes. They wonder, is there a fall-off in the quality of man-on-man play? Wondering if sidestepping and foxing opponents are still as important. Maybe it's just harder to see these skills as the game is so fast and so powerful. Their conversation is joined by others sitting near them and they're all concerned about the limited number of First Division teams. But one optimist pointed to the comeback of Offaly years ago and they're all excited by the likely improvements in Galway's fortunes with the ex-Kilkenny star as their newly appointed manager. Conversations taper off as the Artane boys band lead out the teams. Ah, this scene always makes Cal annoyed. Why, he insisted, why didn't the GAA do something, say something to challenge these industrial schools? Oh, Aaron sarcastically suggested that maybe they did, but we didn't hear about it here in Birmingham. Leader said, of course we would have heard. We heard about everything else. They heard from family at home, from others in the pubs, and after Second Mass on Sundays, and from the daily and regional papers. Aaron chipped in that the RTE was on morning, noon and night at home. Talk to Joe just went on and on and on. The ball, the slither, is thrown in. A huge crowd of 80,000 roared them on, roars all round. They roared for their townland, for their local lads and for the county team. There were records to break for the Kilkenny team and reputations to make for Limerick. Oh, there was joy at the speed, skill and the shared belief that this was the most skilful game. Each team's manoeuvres were followed by our three like 
Oh, Russian chess masters following chess pieces being moved. But the real joy was that these lads were all recognisable as local farmers, teachers, students, carpenters, neighbours' children. An amateur game with a professional and star-like quality. Little time for chat now as the game was so fast and it took all your concentration. It was so fast, in fact, that the TV cameras could hardly keep up with it. Bets had been laid with each other just for added sauce, as if the sheer physicality wasn't sauce enough. Aaron collected on the minor match. And now, the famous Kilkenny team forfeited their record-breaking run. Limerick won. Reputation and legends were made that day <clears throat> amid the flag-waving, cheering Limerick fans. After a captain's victorious speech, Askelga, the Liam McCarthy Cup was carried away to begin its bonfire tour of Limerick. Between the match and the return flight home to Birmingham, there was enough time to celebrate in Fagan's in Drumcondra. The first round was stood by the Limerick man, Leader, who was smiling at everybody. One of the Fagan regulars, who were used to post-match celebrations by supporters after a match in nearby Crow Park, asked the three, casually, uh, were they up for the country for the match? He was surprised to hear that they were over for Birmingham for the game. Uh, casually, again, he asked the usual question, uh, are, are you over there long? Cal answered, I've been there 50 years. I don't know it was worth it. Edge. The young Dubliner was wise enough to know not to ask any more questions. Hmm. He would pick the bones out of that phrase, don't know it was worth it, answer another time. Was that a warning not to emigrate? Or was Cal annoyed by the casual up-from-the-country comment, as if Limerick, Galway and Kilkenny were all one place, somewhere just outside Dublin? Oh, the cheek of it. The journey back was one of analysis of today's Clash of the Ash. They picked up the Irish Sunday newspapers, largely for the sport, but the news and analysis was mostly about Chum. Early bed and ready for work very early in the morning. Cal was pipe-laying on the A38 between Litchfield and Burton at Alruas. Aaron was a ganger for one of the big subbies working on the HS2 bridge over the M42. Leader was in the city centre, fitting out offices for banks relocating from London. No sign yet of any of this redevelopment making its way to Digbeth. So, no need for the coffee shops, yet still no cost of coffee in Digbeth. Before their final farewells after the Sunday match, they had agreed to meet in the Swan in Digbeth for their weekly 25-card school. On Tuesday, the three hurling enthusiasts are joined in the Swan by Ross from Roscommon, making up the team of four. They assemble in the snug, with drink served through the hatch. 
The order is fairly uncomplicated. Pints and a half one when they're finishing. Ross is from Tobohan and the publican is from the next town land, Fairymount. There's a weekly exchange of news about who has died and details of the funeral and who has bought land and significantly for what price. The local news is complemented by the Roscommon Herald and the radio, which is often retuned from RTE to Shannon's side for more local news. The news from nearby Chum is hard to take. The disgrace, shrouded for decades in secrecy of unmarked children's graves on the site of a mother and baby home in a convent. Shocking, everyone agrees. After years of shocking revelations, church and state, money and politics, this was unbelievable. The scale was literally beyond belief. And they all knew that Ackill was a regular in the bar also on Tuesday. This would be a traumatic time for him. He hadn't arrived yet. Ross was a bit out of his depth with the forensic analysis of hurling shared by the other three. He was a footballer from a footballing county, so he didn't try to keep up. How could he in this company? Cal's father had played in the Kilkenny 50s teams, and he would joke that he was one of a family of 15, so they could have had their own family team. Leader was a hurling county miner, and knocking on the door of the senior county panel. But by 18, he had to leave for work in England, which he hoped, like so many, would be temporary. It wasn't. It isn't. The playing cards were behind the bar on a shelf beside the Rush Cross of St. Bridget. They asked for the cards after the first round of drinks. No rush. The evening wasn't to be hurried. There was enough hurry in this city crisscrossed by motorways, flyovers and underpasses. Spaghetti Junction is the defining image of Birmingham. Time now for 25. If there are jokers in the pack, they are to be removed and banished to be put back on the shelf. Cards shuffled by Arden then tapped onto the table to ensure they are neat and tight. Ross, on Arden's right, is invited to cut the deck. This cutting looks like the first play, to cut or not to cut. Yeah, he cuts deep. The pack is reassembled and the cards are dealt. Three each on the first round, followed by two. Others deal four and one, some two and three. Finally, Trump is revealed and announced. If diamonds are Trump, then there is an accompanying familiar refrain. Diamonds cut diamonds, glass cut glass, who cut the tail of diamonds' ass? Reassuring in its familiarity. They each picked up their hand of cards and cradled them beyond others' view in their well-worn, weather-beaten, strong hands. Hands that had earned a good living that day. Someone robbed. Now everyone knew of the two cards in his hand. The trump he robbed and the ace of trump. 
After the first round, the scores are announced. Round two begins, and when leader wins another trick, Aaron says, mind him, as he's 24 out. The game takes on an edge, with the ace of hearts being knuckled onto the table to triumphantly beat the ace of trumps. <laughs> you can see in the delight of the victor how competitive they are. The small kitty, the sauce, is collected and used for the final round of Powers and Jemisons. Angela and Cal's wife Maureen arrive from set dancing in nearby St Anne's. As they are driving tonight, they'll have soft drinks. They meet there again in the week for yoga, followed by coffee. Costa coffee in the bullring, but they would prefer if there was one in Digbeth. Problems aired and shared in Costa and mostly, almost, mostly solved. Once the 25 game is finished, they took up the hurling analysis again, wondering if the game had changed too much. They agreed there was a need to reduce playing the man rather than the ball, although still it's a very physical game. Maybe someone wondered that with the players so athletic that the hits are faster and the players are so well conditioned they can withstand the hits better than an earlier generation. <laughs> Maybe. They were fascinated and even a little confused by the recent backroom appointments to the Wexford management squad. They appointed a boxing coach and an ex-international rugby player to be involved in coaching the county hurling squad. Was this odd or genius? They wondered about this. Was this about conditioning, a different type of fitness and strength like boxers and rugby players have? Or was it about insights to attitudes and game readiness? Well, they were delighted that the games of hurling were now wide open. Oh, they all remembered and were opposed to the ban, which meant that you were not allowed to play foreign games. What does that even mean, Dad? asked one of Leader's sons as he was trying to explain Rule 27 one day. In other words, protect Gaelic, yeah. Aaron remembered an inter-county game he was at as a young man. He overheard a talented county player being invited to watch a soccer match on the other side of town in the showgrounds after their match had finished. Oh no, he declined saying that if he was seen and reported, he could be banned from playing Gaelic. Oh. They agree that this is a search for more professionalism. Yes, be fit for the game, but with fitness lasting the whole game. Yes, be committed, but not so intense that winning a trophy leads to excessive celebrations. A euphemism for partying. Some specifics of the role of the new backroom leak out, specifically that they will watch for a sub's readiness to come on and make a difference, not just to replace a previous player. And they have a new name for subs, finishers. The most successful manager had a reputation for keeping it simple, uncomplicated and direct. One of his star players' excuse for a lower-than-usual performance was that he was tired from too many games. No, replied the gaffer, just not fit enough. 
They will enjoy watching the clash between the simple, direct, well, more direct than simple management style and these new, more complex, motivational management teams as the set season progresses. While the hurling is analysed, Angela and Maureen have an ear and an eye to the main bar. They could see Ackle arriving and going to his usual corner spot. Ackle from Mayo called Ackle for short to identify his roots. Spent his very early years in the now infamous Chewham home. They heard other drinkers ask how he was doing and he replied a grand grand to a few. It sounded more like, leave me alone with my thoughts. Angela left the snug and sat beside him. She too asked how he was and she too got the brush off with grand, grand, replied. It's me, she said gently. It's Angela. She reminded him how fond she was of him and they of each other. She insisted that Grand, grand won't cut it with close friends, no matter what the problem is. He nodded. He heard her. He just looked at her. What is it, she asked, although she already saw the answer in his eyes. He passed her the Irish paper with its banner headlines about the mother and baby home. She knew the rage and shame she and others felt, but... She couldn't begin to imagine Ackles hurt. She just hugged him for what seemed an age. Then they sat quietly until she saw Aaron beckoning them both to the snug. She and Ackle joined the others. Cal offered him a half one, which he accepted. Then they coaxed this Mayo man to talk football. Like Ross, he was from a football county and therefore a bit out of his comfort zone with hurling. Ross didn't ask him the usual and obvious question about whether, finally, this would be Mayo's year. Instead, what did he think of Kerry's chances? Angela and Maureen could see what they were doing and they both approved. What else could you do? Angela invited him over for lunch on Sunday he had never married, and Maureen wondered if he would like to go out with them for a balty one evening. He graciously accepted both offers. How come, uh, asked Cal, that one of the RTE pundits thought that Kerry would win the league, but not the championship? Ah, they'd need the whole evening to answer that one. Oh, maybe that was the reason Cal asked it. As they explored the league and championship Team by team, Maureen said to Angela that the pub was as good as any Costa, any day for a chat. Chat to reassure Ackle. On will phone poke a new wet, on will knappy no fum nis orja wet, nis eskalahusod, faker no phone in tokata gwin, on cho, egg doro, on von klishte is dany, gidi gohon la hai glina, agus taskina, ta rod egen, gogoktina, ta nismo olis, egg, doro, dot com.